This is a tough league and it's a tough business that way and you learn from things like this. I'm proud of them even though this this hurts. I'm proud of them in the way they handled themselves with class this year and, and the ups and downs and the adversity that, that they faced. And I think they'll they'll take that with them. Um, but for right now, you know, this stings. Well, we kind of want to write the stories, you know. We 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 realize that sports is uh, if you're going to write the book with with the uh, with with the cardiac arrest on the field and everybody rallying around the Bills and what a great story this would be if they went away. But you understand that sports, you know, you just can't write those stories. The games have to play themselves out. And right now, I don't know who wants to play the Cincinnati Bengals, even though the Chiefs are at home. That is a Tough team, the Cowboys and the Giants. If you like your defense, that was a a thriller over the weekend and a busy weekend of the world of sports. Good to have you on board today. The Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson here for about 14 minutes. And Bismarck, get ready. He's coming, baby. Bismarck State College Mystics and the Cats at tonight? Tonight. Whew. Yes. Let's go. You can, uh, you're good, bad, great, and ugly. You can text in at 35270. You're good, bad, great, and ugly. Uh, from the weekend, you can use the text club for that. And uh, Vikings are looking for a defensive coordinator. We talked a little bit about that last yeah. week, fellas. And uh, and the Twins winter caravan is coming up this week. So this is an intriguing week. Uh, but, you know, where do we start, you guys? I mean, do you have some, some greats or uglies or goods or or bads well, from Brad, this Brad weekend? Brad and I talked about are we going to get good Dak or bad Dak. And we got bad Dak. We got so terrible he's Dak. Back. We yeah. got uh, – Can't trust him. I saw your tweet and it angered. No, it didn't anger me. I was going to text you. Go, Brad. Don't, don't. You're right. I know you're right. I know you're right. Yeah, I know. And I, I just, I just wanted him to be fair, better, fair. I want him to be okay. Don't that Boy, window's not open. I just every now and then because Dak's an athlete, Derek. But uh, but the uh, there's one or two times where a decision is made where I just I'm he has happier feet than than uh, and Rex Ryan pointed out something I was watching this morning. He's right. I think the biggest problem that they have, he falls into the category, and we had this about 10 years ago with the RG3s and Colin Kaepernick's or whatever. Well, he got to sit in the pocket. And, no, no, you got to roll him out. You got to let him m- make plays, give him the run pass option. He's just too good for that. You got to, he's just not a guy who's going to stand back there because, man, Kirk sometimes can get happy feet. Oh, my heavens, does Dak Prescott get happy feet sometimes? Yeah. And he just looks so indecisive. And- just. Some of the throws he made, like the one right before the half, we threw it in double coverage. Imagine if Cousins would have done that. Yeah. No, he'd be all over. He's savage. Did, in that particular game, and then throwing us, I don't know what you guys appreciate when you watch sports, but didn't you just appreciate both defenses out of just. Oh, like, that was. Like. Amazing. Yes. I, I, I just. It wasn't a pretty game, but I just enjoyed watching it because it was just a physical. Kind of chestnut checkers, of, right? It was right, a lot of chess. Right. I think yeah. that's what makes. What a Purdy so amazing is that he's got Parsons and those guys all over me, and he was a pretty cool as a cucumber yeah. as a kid, you know, rookie out of Iowa State. Yeah, that's pretty amazing what I, he was able to do. Going into it, I and, and someone had asked me, and I thought, I thought this is it for him. This kid's going to get his. He's going to get his comeuppance. When I yeah. when this mm-hmm. game was coming, I didn't say as much. I kind of alluded, but I thought this is it. The kid's going to have eleven all over him. They're going to get internal pressure. They're going to get. They're going to contain him. So he's going to try to scramble to his right, and he's not going to be able to. And I thought this was the weekend. With all due respect to him, I thought he was going to get his comeuppance. And what did he do? He did get knocked down a couple of times. Oh sure, but he stayed the course. That's what makes it more amazing. He stayed he did, the course, you know, didn't he? D? Yeah, and you know, it was ugly. It was the San Francisco Forty Nine er uh, running back 
pulling a Robert Smith and going out of bounds. Yes. Smith did it twice <laughs> right, in the right. NFC Championship game, Thank but you. but man, fall down, you, you yep, win the game or something. Well, you know what? You know what? McCarthy's getting among a few things uh, getting rolled up today, and even I was, you know, because when you're playing San Fran, and or if you're playing Dallas, if the roles reversed, you just don't know if and when you're going to get the possession, perhaps, or where you're going to have it, or how much time is left. So this, the punting, you know, when you choose to punt, and I appreciate coaches that make a call that have as much faith in timeouts and you start thinking and uh, we're, we can punt and our defense is doing it, we can get it back and we're still going to have enough. But the way the course of that game was going, I thought, mm, I don't know, what was it fourth and ten, fourth quarter? The positioning of the field wasn't tremendous, but it wasn't brutal. It was kind of brutal. I don't know, and and that's that's again arm chairing. It's Monday, you know, on, yeah. on when to punt or that not. last play. I think they can throw out. I don't think we'll ever see that play in the NFL <laughs> well, again. Let's it, not have Dak Prescott so be a center. Okay? I'm Let's chatting with right. Tyler Axness. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. What, what's so that? I'm in, I'm in our restroom over here with Tyler Axness, and that came out wrong too. Tyler was washing yeah. his hands. I went in to do the same in our in our restroom in our gotcha. office, and I look at Tyler. And, I, and he looks at me like that look, like everybody's given. If you follow a certain team in your office, you know, you're going to get that look. And Tyler looks at me, and I went, yep. And he goes, I only have to ask, what was that last play? <laughs> what was that last play? I said, well, it, it didn't get a chance to be a, a hook and ladder. You're and, and thinking and yourself never, of it, that bad boy. Right, it never got a chance to be that because the throw was high. I'm assuming it was supposed to be a, a chest drill, you know, right into the chest and then a, a flip. A and lateral. Here we, you're and lateral. That, here yep. we go. But, but the throw was hot, and in fact, I'll tell you what, guys. Yesterday, so I turned. We, I just flew back from from Tulsa in time to get it. So it's the last play, and I hit on the. Uh, you know, it's easy to record off the old uh, television. Yep. So I hit the record button. Then you know, do you want to? Yes. yes. So I'm going to record the last play. I swear to you guys. I went in case this is something just incredible. So I hit record. Yes. Stop. Delete. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> It was, I'm like, well, that was kind of anticlimactic. That was, that, was, uh, that. <laughs> that was kind of a last. That was something. Yeah, that was a little. Uh, I was glad to see Maher kick a couple field goals, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The first extra point was it was blocked. It was blocked, but it was probably going to be missed anyway because it was on its way. Yeah, he's happy he got blocked because I mean, we could yeah. kind of f- forget about. Mm-hmm. Boy, long time to get the yips. Uh, a little bit. It happens probably to every every athlete along their yeah. their course. He doesn't have to worry about it next week though. Um, <laughs> Did, I mean, it's going to be. A, I, I think that NFC Championship game is intriguing. Two very good defenses mm-hmm. and a rookie quarterback going into that mess. And Jalen Hurts. If you'd have told me that either Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts is going to the Super Bowl this year, no. yeah. I mean, I just want to guess. Uh, maybe Hurts because they had some hype going in. A lot of stuff maybe it was overhyped. But I tell you what, uh, Philadelphia they steamrolled the Giants. My heavens! Yeah, that was I unreal. only got to catch like. I listened a little bit on the radio here. And you then, had a game uh, Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon. afternoon. I came back and uh, caught. So I was kind of flipping, kind of flipping around. I caught a little bit, and yeah, it was just. Dominant. I didn't go to the. Here's another dominant thing I pulled this weekend. So Saturday had the game at Royal Roberts, and then dinner that night. Was, and it was one of the good dinners, you know. You know, on road oh, trips, absolutely. You get Saturday the, night. Not yeah. it's not the. No offense to the Yimmy Yans or the Yubways or the the sandwiches right. you get. These are the dinner dinners, so it's good to make those. I uh, I texted the ops guy Alex and I said, ah, "Count me out. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna catch that Eagles game." Yeah, well, that was uh, a waste. Well, then. Try, yeah. So I'm yeah, down exactly. the vending machine going. Well, I guess you got your phone for man. Um, let, let me ask you this. Yes, 
when I talk about guys who I think have the it factor mm-hmm. that, that you can't really look at at the combine and stuff like that, yep. and maybe that's where Cousins and Dak are good, but they're not going to be great because they don't have that like it factor. Going. I think Joe Burrow's got that. I don't know if he's, he's going to win a Super got. Bowl, but, man, he, that kid's got some moxie, and he just uh, – he is not going to be denied. He yep. is an impressive young man. Yeah, we got a text that pretty much says that. He says uh, he was about the good, bad, ugly. He says, great. Just want to acknowledge the greatness of Joe Burrow. Not even Tom Brady was that cool, calm, and collective. This guy might might not get as many championships, but we're watching one of the best football players ever. Yeah. Uh, to that point, Derek, great question. I asked this this morning on, our, uh, on KFGO Radio to Dan Michaels and Doug Lear. And I said, I want you, and I'll ask the same to Derek Brad and our texture there and textures today. I want you to get out your crystal balls. Ball. Both of you. Mm-hmm. Go 10 years, 2033. Yeah. And look back, and I'll ask you the question. It's 2033. Name your top four quarterbacks in the history of the NFL named Joe. Is Joe Burrow on that list? Yeah. Because you got Namath and Montana, right? No. Theisman, is he or is he not? You know, well, He's I, not close to the other two, but he's he was good. Yeah. He did get a ring. Joe Cap. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I should reduce the number. Is he a top three? Yeah. In 10 years Those from now. Those four looking, could be on that Joe Mount Rushmore. Looking back, yeah. is, is Joe Burrow, would do, do you're asking obviously to project Joe it's Burrow. It's very, what, his third year or whatever. But yeah, yep. I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty impressive. He might be. So if he if he gets there's some Cincinnati hesitation Super here. Bowl, I tell I, you. I well, I think if he if he wins this Sunday, then I think yeah, that might get elevated up. You think Joe Burrow, who in the MVP of that game, maybe buried the Cordell Volson line and an offensive line of Cincinnati. Is Joe Burrow a guy that you say he's a great quarterback, or boy, is he a great Cincinnati Bengals quarterback? Well, it's a good point because what they lost three fifths of their starting line, right? Which you know we talked about so much of the problem of the Vikings, but that's where I've always said that the quarterback can make your line look better too if you make good decisions. You're that's able to step exactly up in the right. pocket, and and you know, and that's I think something that Cousins does lack. And I'm not blaming it. The season on cousin. I mean, right, I'm, right, right. he had a good season. Don't yeah. get me wrong. He has his but, strong points. He has points where you. Do, yeah, that's that it factor thing that I talk about. That little nugget of just something where you can make an offensive lineman better by stepping the pocket and slinging it down. And he does that. The chase and all these guys. And it really goes to show that uh, you can. It can be a next man up type of situation if that happens. So yeah, I I, I think you bring up a good, very good point there that that line was good and they, they were steamrolling that defense. You, you too. could tell right away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a good day for Leslie Frazier. No, no, that's for sure. I mean, that was a. If Bills fans didn't realize they were in a little bit of trouble in the first seven minutes of that game, I'm. Because that was my first thought. It was like, oh, my God. I'm looking for these championship games because, you know, the Bengals did it last year, too. And a limping Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be a really interesting. Henny looked pretty good. I was like, hey, you might want to stick with him. He beat the Vikings a couple years ago in that place, too. Purdy is uh, is is one win away from becoming the first rookie quarterback to start a Super Bowl. Unreal. He's the fifth since the merger to start a championship game, but he'd be the first rookie to start a Super Bowl. So who are the other four? Did, does it uh, you know that? Good. I I'm don't have it. I, I just was uh, Roethlisberger one. I have to look that up because I think what's more, even more than I'm guessing that those guys who started as a rookie. Mm-hmm. 
were probably do you think first that, or second round guys, and here's Mister Irrelevant coming and getting his. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> right. I think what he's doing is probably more impressive than any any other. And the reason for it, I imagine, the other four uh, would be as uh, as uh, maybe thrust through injury. I'm just trying to think of right. it. Right, you have them, Brad. I've, I think I found them, Aaron. Five you, five rookie quarterbacks to make the conference championship since 1970. 1999, Sean King of the Bucks. Oh, that's right. Wow. He's a second rounder. Yep. Lost to the Rams. That was the 11 to 6. You're right on Roethlisberger. Good call, dude. Yeah, I heard that. Lost to the Patriots. Joe Flacco, 2008. Was he a first or second rounder? Something like that. He was a first round pick. Delaware's own, right? Yep. Uh, Lost to the Steelers. 2009, the butt fumbler, Mark Sanchez. Wow. Mark they got to the Sanchez. AFC championship, championship game. Yeah, they, that was the year they beat the Patriots, right? Unbelievable. They, they lost to the Colts in I don't, the final. I don't think I would have got that. No, I would have been, I I been going down the list a long time. I think, wasn't that the... Uh, but Sanchez was a first-rounder, too, wasn't he? Uh, yes, fifth fifth overall pick. Yeah, so I nice mean... Call. So I think for Purdy, Purdy to go in there as a as seventh in, in round pick, <laughs> pick two sixty two, that is pretty uh, amazing, you know. So, so we got them me. all. What did you say again? So okay, so, yep. so Sean King, so King Roethlisberger, Flacco, Flacco, Sanchez, and Sanchez. That's pretty. It should be a fun that? weekend. How about that? List? I got to ask Brad before he has to take off here. Yeah. Big Twins fan, and I, it's, I can't remember the last time in the middle of football season I've had this much weekend. What did you think of that trade? Yeah, yeah I've been, and, and it. Uh, um, I boy, well, at first my reaction was, oh, I I hope they know what they're doing, but I've maybe softened a little bit over the weekend, but I'm still not. I think in the I'm world of a designated convinced. header, I don't get it. I don't either. I, 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 I some, you know, why can't he? Why can't why can't you give him 400 at bats as a DH? Yeah, I, it it makes no sense to you me. You really I, don't have one right now. Because here's my thing: oh, they got these two great prospects, so that's great. You just signed Creative a six year deal. I understand that this kid's 19, that the shortstop prospect is, but you were so, in see. first place for five months of the year last year, mm-hmm. and part of the reason you are is because you had the American League batting champion, and you needed to add to that. And I just I don't know if this is I don't th- this kid better be a really good pitcher, and he better be the second best pitcher on the team for you to trade away a guy like that. I just this might be where these old. Uh, Numbers start to lie to you. I think uh, I was. I uh, listened to. I uh, say one of one of my favorites, Patrick Gracie, and I think. So I think there was something with the Twins. They just didn't have. I'm not that they didn't believe in him, but it just because they offered. You know, they signed Polanco and Kepler when they were younger to longer term right. deals, cheaper deals, and Arise told them no. So I don't know if they were a little offended by that, or if they just didn't feel like he was worth the money. There was just some. There's some kind of disconnect there. I think, and, and then they were. They didn't agree it on at arbitration as well. They were about a million off. Just looking at uh, Pablo's stats last year, so he got 180 innings, endurable. I know that they were they liked this guy, and the Marlins do. I I I was the first one to not jump to, and I love Arise, and I get it. You just mentioned up the it factor, Derek. Well, Arise kind of has it, you know, and and I get it from a Twins perspective, but I look at the. You know the the impact and and everything else that the twins. I'm trying to look it through the eyes of Derek Falvey and and Thad and and, and Dave and why you pull the trigger on something like this. And I, I know it's one thing that you do this when when you probably have some pieces that you think are going to be able to produce and have production from the spots that arise may or may not have been in. And in turn, you obviously you've got the youth. You said this guy's arm. He's he's a 
He's, he's a guy that can come in, if not solidify some spot, give you a chance to win. I, I think when you look at the overall value of this, I don't think we're going to know for about two or three years, to tell you the truth. Well, that's the, that's the thing. You're trying to sell tickets for this year, and you have one of the more popular players there, and you were in first place for five months of the season. I think you have to take that into consideration. Is that guy that throws every five days versus a player that plays every And day, it's a huge and, part of the top of your lineup, by and, the way. Yeah, because I don't know where it's how your lineup's going to look now. If That's right. why I go back to that point. They must have confidence in what that lineup is going to do. Or they're not done yet. Well, who's your DH? Or they're not done yet. Or they're not done yet. Well, that's what you're hoping. I mean, is and that, is that happened late your, last is, year, right? Is Trevor, when, is Trevor your DH then? And, and, and you throw a little Kirloff in there or Lonick in there? I think it could and, be... It could be just kind of, I think it'll be if Miranda's not playing first, he's DHing, or if he's not playing third, he's DHing. I don't know. Put a little Gallo in there maybe from time Gallo, to time. Uh, maybe Larnick. I mean, I don't think it's going to be. I mean, the Twins have never really had a, other than Nelson Cruz, they've never really had a full time DH in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, so we'll why, why would this year be any different? Tell me, uh, that crystal ball will open up in 2020. Four, yeah, five, well, just, and, and see which way this goes. They do see if Derek and Thad are still here yeah, by then. If well, they, they do have Lopez for two years under under team yeah. control, so I think that's another that's another thing to consider. Yeah, I, I just uh, I don't know. I saw the reaction too, Derek, and I, I know that he's a popular guy. He was in a Twins caravan. When when was Luis here? Well, the last time we had it, which was a couple of years ago, then because January twenty twenty yeah. before the <laughs> right. world shut down, so. before everything went haywire. I get it. He's fun. Puts the ball in play. Could have an eighteen pitch at bat. Good days. Uh, he's, he's the well. What worries he's, me he's, is that uh, if your analytics tell you that a guy like that isn't valuable to you, that's what worries me. And, that, and then I think your philosophy is, but flawed. more so than maybe the what you're hoping for Lopez to come in and do, and the other. Well, if he turns out to be up, a one or two starter, then it's a good trade. If he doesn't, yeah. then it's a flop. You know, for, for the immediate. I mean, you, you, these kids might turn out well, but I mean, I just think Twins fans are expecting to try to get over the hump. You were that close to winning the division last year, and you fell on your face, and and. That's that's what you got to consider. I, I don't think I think people are impatient of the next. Oh, more prospects. Yeah, they right. should be buyers instead of sellers, no. as I think what Twins fans are saying. You were close last year. The uh, and you can text into that three five two seven zero your thoughts, or better yet, come on down to the uh, Sanctuary Event Center uh, in Fourth uh, in downtown Fargo and come to the Twins Winter Caravan, which is Wednesday night. All right, here's uh, this text. Things to consider with the rise, no defensive position, won the batting title, but in the low 300s, not many runs batted in and runs scored, need pitching more than his value in the AL. Well, kind of a- he has to get on base and they have to score him, too. He, he bats early in the lineup, and, and he's got to, you know. Yeah, there's it, a designated hitter. So where do you play in the field? There's a designated hitter in all 30 teams, though. It, it is. What you're getting at, Derek, is is tough to argue because you're you've got a bird in the hand. Yes, that's a, that's I love that. Right, you've got a bird two in the bush. Yep. <laughs> right, right. There's some, there's some in the bush mm-hmm. that you're hoping become firm firm birds in your hand. You know that's that's why it's tough. Yep. But it's a good text at three five two seven zero. We'll step aside. Lots to get to. Did you see what Paul Jurgens forwarded us through the email on Trey Lance as a Viking? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's just get all the we got enough salary cap <laughs> stuff to worry about. Quick time out. Doc Phil coming up around the corner. What does a high ankle sprain do to a quarterback that's superhuman? I don't know. We'll find out next. Coming up uh, right here. Safe travels to Brad down Interstate ninety four, my man. And you could catch little uh, cats hoops tonight against uh, Bismarck uh, BJC. Right? Well, BSC now. Yeah.
I used to when I played in JUCO, it was BJC. Yes, now it's BSC. Back with more, Doc Phil next on seven forty. The Fed. Doctor? 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 What's up, Doc? It's always poignant to have Doc Phil on, and certainly in the wake of uh, of a couple of injuries, uh, Derek, you and I were chatting about what Pollard means to the Cowboys yesterday and going down. I saw the way that that leg snapped. Kind of remind me when I snapped my fibula back in the day, going, hmm. And I'm just a, I was just a, 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 a tall not as fit broadcaster, not an athletic command like Mr. Pollard. And I went, ooh, that's, you know, you get that, and then it looked like that. So that was a broken fibula. Yeah, broken bone on the leg, and then that's going to require, his is going to require some surgery, and and, and we'll see. And Pollard, uh, we see what he was when he was with Dallas and active, and Derek made a point going, uh, you know, that just shows you how valuable that young man is. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, 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 of course, Patrick Mahomes, who suffered what they deemed a high ankle sprain, and uh, came back. And, Doc Phil, I'll start with this because now Kansas City is at home. So he's got a high ankle sprain. And, and, and if, if you watch the telecast of this, this is what Romo said uh, during the course of that when he was asked by Nance, um, do you expect him to play in the AFC title game? And Tony Romo, like Tony or not, but he's an athlete, played a position. He says it's challenging. Because when I did it, I wasn't able to actually play the next week. In other words, you can't walk. You can play the day of, because he's referring to adrenaline and, and things of that nature. He says, but the next day, my get, you know, he's not going to be able to do anything. In fact, he's going to almost be on crutches on Wednesday. So Romo's kind of looking at, at what he's suffered. How how accurate is Tony Romo regarding Patrick Mahomes with an high ankle sprain, Doc Phil? Tony Romo's a wimp. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Things I've never heard you say before. Okay. No, he's really taking a shot here. What do you got? All right. Let's dissect this because it needs a little dissection, literally and anatomically. Okay. There are three different types of high ankle sprain, from grade one, which is the less severe, all the way up to grade three, which is what, unfortunately, your Cowboys running back occurred because he broke his fibula as well. And so what that is, that's the total disruption of those ligaments that hold the fibula to the tibia. And the way that you have to fix that, you've got to plate the fibula, and then you put a couple screws. Or now we can use some suture that goes across, and you pull the ligaments back in place. And then the recovery is usually anywhere from four to, you know, typically five months, because it just takes a while for everything to heal. Um, I want to know, and I think, I'm correct. This is the same ankle that he had injured last year. And so is this an aggravation of his previous injury? And if so, um, it's probably going to be a little easier to come back from because some of that's just scar tissue. Um, Adrenaline doesn't really hold everything uh, together uh, as far as pain control. If he would have been significantly bothered by it, we would have seen that in the second half. Uh, he did limp around, but he was effective. I anticipate that he will play. He will start to play unless he just literally can't walk. But the fact that he was walking and the fact that uh, the reports that I'm hearing is that he was doing pretty good yesterday, um, there's a high likelihood that he will play. Plus, he gets that extra day and a half because they played Saturday. The game is until Sunday. So I would think there might 
be a brace on his ankle. Um, I mean, the, the tape job that I saw, the close-up, that looked like a cast. Um, and obviously that allowed him to play somewhat. But but there's a lot of things to, that factor in here. This is just not a straightforward high ankle sprain. This is a previous ankle that was injured last year. Same thing as he just re-injured it. Um, and so without knowing you know, what the results of the scan are. I mean, by results, I mean looking at it. Is that a fresh tear? Is that an old tear? Is it an acute extension of an old tear? There's a lot of things that mix in the mix here. So bottom line, if, if he can walk and he can run at the end of this week, he will play. Jake Glazer reporting, I believe this was yesterday, that uh, Mahomes woke up and the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs said that he, quote, woke up way better Today than they thought he would. He said that, um, where's the other stuff that that came out from the Chiefs? Uh, He's likely experiencing less pain and stiffness today that that is expected could be a sign that his injury is less severe than it could have been. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, see, I think this is is just an acute aggravation of a chronic problem. Because remember, he had the high ankle sprain last year. Yeah. This, this, I think, is just an acute aggravation, which if that is, then it's usually less severe injury. But but we're also talking about, I mean, he, he has a high ankle sprain, correct? I mean, right. that, that's, what, that's, where, that, that's it. He's got a high, that's what yeah. the MRI show, yeah. high ankle sprain. And, and as right. you break down the grades of that, it, it, as, as a professional as you are, as an orthopedic surgeon, you, you get that. There's got to be something that happens in the wake of doing that. I mean, I mean are you... Are you I mean, is he going to be off his oh, yeah. off his feet for a few days this week, and then yeah. braced up oh, and, yeah. on on Sunday? How how what's the treatment, and what can Chiefs fans expect uh, percentage wise from Mahomes on Sunday? I wonder. All right, the treatment is initially retard the swelling if there is going to be some. But again, we're talking about two different things. Are we talking about a fresh, brand new high ankle sprain, or are we talking about an aggravation of a previous old high ankle sprain? Because there's a big distinction and a big difference. Um, if his X-rays are negative, it means he has no widening of what we call the mortis or uh, the distal fibula and tibia, uh, the syndesmosis, and that's good. That's a really good thing, uh, as opposed to the Cowboys. Yeah, Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, from the standpoint, from a structural standpoint, is good. You know, things have not been completely pulled apart. My whole point is, is that were they looking at this real critically? Because sometimes that scar tissue, it'll it'll pull it apart and it'll it'll look like a tear on a ligament. Which you treat them the same way, but they don't have the same acute impact like an acute disruption of a ligament does. It has a big blood vessel in it, and it's around the attachment point of the bone. So my whole point is, is that I think that this may very well be not the, the traditional fresh uh, high ankle sprain. This is going to be something that's been a chronic thing. It may have been bugging him a little bit before or not, but it's an aggravation of, an, of a chronic problem, which is a whole different category, which means he has a high likelihood that if he can get the swelling down, it sounds like there isn't a whole lot, which makes me think it's more of the chronic problem that gets his motion back and they can tape him up and brace him up. He will play. Derek, do you feel, whether he does or doesn't, that Cincinnati's got a shot either oh, way? Oh, yeah. Right? They did last don't year. Don't you get that right? Okay. I mean, that, you get For that sure. feeling. Yeah, Doc, that's, that's, uh, I don't know yeah. if I'd want to play the Bengals right now, I think now, the Doc. Bengals are, you know, they're very, we know about Burrow, we are talking about him, but they're, their defense is pretty underrated, too. I mean, yeah. they, 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 they had yeah, Josh Allen pretty their, confused. Their defense going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go for Mahomes' ankle. 
Oh, yeah. for sure. And and that's why they, they want to get after him. For yeah, sure. I'm just talking. Yeah, that's why I asked. Just from a mobility standpoint, uh, and we can't just sit here and throw darts at 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 the degree of of his sprain. But from a mobility right. standpoint, if that is reduced ten percent, thirteen percent, and it affects the play calling, you know, with all those weapons that he has to go to, um, I don't know. I does this pin back your ears, Bengals time? Or or is it not? So I'm I'm curious. I, I don't think they'll be out to hurt him, but I think they're going to want to get physical for obvious reasons. That's just the nature of it, right? Nah, they're 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 going to they want to they want to get him out of the game. That, that I'm sorry, Derek, but that's how it goes. Um, they will they will be looking to get him out of the game somehow, and if they can do that, they probably think they've got a better uh, the better chance. Which had Henny behind you know the center, although Henny has come in several times and yes. done very well. I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, going to happen either. But, but I would anticipate Holmes to play, um, no question. And with all of the things that we've got available in rehab and treatment and things that are going on now, uh, there's a high likelihood he can. And the make and this makes me feel that this is not. We're not talking about an apple and an orange, or apples and apples. We're talking about an apple and an orange. That's right. I think this is a chronic. This has been a chronic thing. And he just aggravated it, and and I think when I saw the replay, I thought it was his knee, quite frankly, because the knee bent at such an awkward angle that I thought it was his MCL, um, or he dislocated his patella again. Cause that's the knee that he dislocated. Yeah, because he kind of got drug oh. uh, in an awkward yeah. angle. Pull back on, um, and I thought it was his knee initially. Um, I went, oh, that's a whole different deal. But then when they said, no, it was just his ankle, I went, oh, he's got a chance then. But, but you know, Patrick Mahomes at 85% is pretty darn good. <laughs> hey, you T. Know? Dunn's still in the house? Oh, Travis is. <laughs> you have a second, Travis, since we got hockey aficionados here. Uh, Dr. Phil Johnson, who joins our roundtable, uh, Derek Hansen, Jack Michael, Jack Michael Show, Brad's en route to Bismarck as we speak. So I'm listening to the to the UND hockey game, and I'm thinking, boy, they're gonna they're gonna pull off this weekend sweep against uh, Minnesota Duluth. And Friday night was, was was great. And I was listening to you, Travis and Doc, and chime in on this too. And I caught you a little late on my because I was on the road this weekend, right at about the time where it was a uh, it was a turnover. And you, I've never heard a guy so <laughs> stunned at, at at the point of the turnover, at the placement of the turnover, and and who made the turnover trap. That's exactly like I just tuned into you, and I'm like, oh no! So what just happened? Oh. Well, Doctor Phil, you, I, I'll, I'll acquiesce to Doctor Phil. Okay. but here's the thing, guys. They missed plenty of open nets throughout that yeah. other. 58 minutes yep i mean you can't just you just can't lay that on on ethan yeah. you know i mean made a mistake at the end of the game a turnover turnovers are bad and it cost them but they had plenty of opportunities to score goals and they didn't you know during the rest of the, the rest of the game so yeah. it's unfortunate that that one gets magnified because that's the one you remember well yeah right it's game, always but. you know you're absolutely right dr phil when you when you look at the fact that uh you know that mistake was so glaring, and it's and it's un, right. you know unlike him to do so. And I felt horrible for, for those him. that didn't tune in uh, to yeah. the broadcast or watch it. Travis, explain that it the, was about a minute, what happened. about a minute and ten seconds left in the period. The the puck comes into the UND zone. Third period, uh, by the way. Third period, by the way. And uh, and uh, Ethan Frisch and Tyler Clevener uh, matched up against the top line of the University of Minnesota Duluth, their big scoring line, and sure. uh, Ethan. Moved the puck out of the zone, however, not forcefully. Ends up on the loose stick, a nice three-way passing play, and it's in the net. 
But to Dr. Phil's point, uh, the opportunities you and he had I all totally agree long. with him. I, yeah. Doc Phil's so yeah. much on point here. Yes, he's watched exactly. a little hockey in his career, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he, we he tend to magnify like one he thing. Be when doing color on you. Thirty other hockey. things have happened that, that could have separated <laughs> yeah, that game. Absolutely, right. yeah. and you know they had opportunity upon opportunity, and for whatever reason, I know Dr. Phil will agree with us. Every goaltender that comes into the rink this year looks like the opposing goaltender. That is, looks like they're all Americans when they play UND. <laughs> they do. It, it, and it's yeah, and it's just that's how it goes sometimes. With, with that happened a couple of years ago where they just couldn't find anything, like, yeah. and they were starting to press a little bit, and, and it's just yeah. they, they didn't qualify for the you know postseason that year either. Yeah, opportunities after opportunities, they have to bury them. Teams in the past have this year; they've had a hard time fighting through the defensive prowess of the opposing teams. And the Duluth, that's how Duluth is going to win hockey games is by playing tight defensively, which they did. Their number one decor, I think, played 28, 29 minutes of the game. And the matchup, yep. uh, matchup with Tyler and, and Ethan against their best offensive line. Uh, when the best offensive line keeps pressing, mistakes are going to be amplified. And when he put the puck on the wrong guy's stick, well, that's that's what happens. But, you know, I, I felt horrible because, as Brad Berry said, he's been a true warrior. He's yeah. been consistent. You know, the defensive yeah, play. That play- doesn't define <laughs> no. what his value but is. But I know he lost a lot of sleep over the weekend thinking about it, and, and that's just part of being a defenseman and, or a goaltender. Can you imagine being a goaltender in that situation uh, and letting a soft goal in, which we didn't see this weekend either, Dr. Phil, and that was one thing. How that good was Derrida this Derrida weekend? Derrida was very good. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah I, I think he's he's a different goaltender now, and I think maybe that that time on the bench, maybe it, maybe it made him a little bit better and made him a little more aggressive. You know, initially yeah. he came out – he was pretty passive. You know, he didn't range from his net much. He didn't pass the puck at all. He's become a little bit more bold and a little bit more aggressive, and I think that works well for him. Yep, absolutely. Um, he's, he's covering the ice well. Um, so I, I think that, that may bode well, you know, down the line. And, and if they can get a sweep this weekend down in, in Miami, I think that goes a long ways to maybe they can get things going again. But. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? I mean, they're a young team, and, and Duluth is a young team, too. That's why I love the Friday night game more, because that was just up and down, up and down, and the refs put their whistles in the pocket and let them play. And, and it was fun to see. That was kind of a fun game, and, uh, you know, fortunately we came out on top. But, you know, Saturday was, was a little bit different. It was a little bit slower. I think the guys were tired. But, uh, like I said, I mean, there, there were several open nets that they missed, and it was just like, oh, boy, you got to have – got to cash in on those. You know, and, and we talk about the the 60-minute game. UND players have talked about it, the coaching staff. And I think in reality, Dr. Phil, they played, what, 35 minutes of the game, uh, the first period. Yeah. Duluth, but Duluth had a lot to say for it. They were the ones playing the defensive yeah. trap, you know, basically trapping everything down and not giving much space. And that time and space factor is always a big issue, but you have to fight through that and find ways to do it. The energy level wasn't the same for UND to start the game Saturday as it was on Friday. I like this the uh, T Dunn and, and, and Tim and obviously Doc with his uh, traveling with Team USA and yeah. just has forgotten more about hockey than most of us ever wanted <laughs> could ever learn. But uh, I like you. Uh, you're almost like a forensic uh, broadcast when things happen. So I've also kind of again I was I was busy because I was active this week as so I'm trying to tune in. And then I, I I think I heard a goal. I think this was the UND game. A goal for maybe a Duluth goal. Or maybe it was a different game I was listening to. If someone had turned the skate, I'm not a hand pass, but a but an advancement of a puck 
off of turns, and, and there's just a lot of replay. Yeah, well, yeah, Are you was, feeling me? Is this yeah, your game? Uh, Dr. Phil, I think he's talking about the one where it looked like it was actually yep. the game-winning goal, looking like he kicked yep. the puck into the net. That's and it. you you can't right. make a kicking motion. However, you can direct it to a certain degree. And the line between a kick and a direct uh, you know, you just turn that. But if you make a kicking type motion, sure. you cannot do that. Easy to differentiate between the two? Uh, not necessarily. That's a tough. You, that's a tough judgment call. Unless uh, you go down to that frame by frame, which replay gives to you, and and is that what happened? Did they, well, did they the UND look? was grasping his straws at that point, going, you know, it sure. looks like it. It kind of did look like it, but he didn't, and the, and the, and the goal counted, and thus the game winning goal with a minute and yeah. five seconds left in the game. But uh, you know, that's just you know, it's the game. You know. We always forget these are amateur hockey players who are going to college. It's not going to be perfect. Um, and there are some years, and we've been spoiled, Dr. Phil. You know it as well as anybody else. Oh. The, the three three NCHCs in a row, national championships in 2016. It's a hard game to win. And, and I asked, I forget who I asked this question to. I asked Matt Green actually up in the press box when he was getting ready to go on TV. What's harder to win, the Stanley Cup or the NCAA tournament? And he basically said, well, when you're in one game affairs, it's the NCAA tournament because you get a best of seven in the Stanley Cup. Right, Dr. Phil? Right. I mean, you can have a game off or not play good in the series, and you can still recover and win the series. Yeah. But you're spot on. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole thing with North Dakota is, you know, we are so used to the excellence. And, and it's still an excellent program. Mm-hmm. But I get really tired of people already starting to call for Bradbury's head and, and this and that. And this is a really young team, and, and, and so is Duluth. And, and, I'll, and I'll guarantee you, over the next two years, these two programs are going to be right back up there. They've got good quality guys coming in. It's a down year, and you're going to have that every once in a while. And this is one, and we just have to understand that. But but I think the bottom line is don't drop the support for them because now the kids need it more than ever. Yeah. And this will be that building block that they use for next year as they, as they kind of elevate their game. Um, these are the failures that they're having this year, and they're going to learn from them. They learn from them all the time. And and I think people just need to be patient and take a deep breath. It's okay. Yep. Um, they're they're going to end up being just fine. There's a lot of talent there. They're just not gelling yet and, yep. and, and getting it how to step that up to the NCHC level. But they'll get there. Have you heard this before, uh, again, Doc Phil with us, Roundtable T down in the house. Good to have the enforcer with us on a Monday, Derek Hansen. <laughs> A few years ago, I heard this argument about, and I think UND Hockey was brought up with all the banners and the beautiful facility and all this stuff uh-huh. going. And someone said, well, I mean, what does it take to win an NCAA tournament? There's not many teams. I mean, it's huh. a, you can do the. And I thought, well, that's the answer why it's so tough <laughs> to, to, to win an NCAA tournament. You know, they, to they the, put to two the, teams out on the ice. To and the disbursement all, of talent. Yeah. And that's what I, I yeah. angled it to, the disbursement of talent versus uh, an NCAA division with, you know, hundreds of teams uh-huh. and, and talent dispersed. And certainly some schools have done job recruiting and, and garnering a talent. But in the world of hockey, disbursement of talent, every team seems to kind of have some. Well, the transfer portal has changed things dramatically, sure. as it has with football and everything else. You know, these guys come in. If they don't like it, they're going to go somewhere else. And that allows teams to build quickly. Arizona State, for example, you know, the, the guys that scored the majority of the points against UND were all transfers that came in. And so you try to build the culture, as they say, the culture of the program. And Colorado College is not bringing those guys in. They're trying to build their team within the, the, the freshman, sophomore way. And they've done very well this year with that. So, you know, let's, but also let's step back a second here. Uh, Scott Sandlin, uh, initially, boy, people wanted his head for a lot of years, right, Dr. Phil? And then yep. finally they turn things around and win national championships. And that quiets the fan base. But then again, it turns around as soon as you start losing. Patience isn't necessarily a virtue of a fan base, is it? Uh, ask Doug Peterson. 
Yeah, he went to the Super Bowl, and two years later, right. he's gone. Surprised you know? they're not, yeah. you know, as much as Jacksonville had a good season, going, yeah, but still. Yeah, they need to win another one. Then I'll erase that. It's just hard to win, period. And uh, and they put two teams on the ace that want to win badly. And and one thing Duluth we forget to say, they had lost five games in a row in the NCHC. Hadn't happened since the WCHA days. They did not want to make it six. So they had you know they came out with a, a definite a definite passion for the game early on Saturday, and UND didn't match it. Simple as that. How many Division yep, One yep. hockey teams are there? Like 60? 60. Yeah, 63, yep. I think, or 62, somewhere Three, there. I think you're right. 63. Oh. Yeah. But, and, and it's growing. There's going to be more. The other thing, too, that, that we're seeing, too, and, and a lot of people don't talk about it right now, there's a lot of parity. And, and I think the transfer portal has created a little bit of that. I mean, look at Cornell. They knocked off Quinnipiac, four zip. Yeah. Uh, you look at Michigan State, all of a sudden they're, they're a contender. You look at Colorado College, which I think is the the sweet star, the sweet story of the of the season so far. Agree. They've kind of come from nowhere, and all of a sudden they're beating the St. Clouds, and, and you know, and they're they're really doing well. And they have a great coach um, in Chris Mayot, and and so I think that you know the the college hockey landscape is leveled out quite a bit, especially this year. It's good. I, I don't know if there is a favorite now. I mean, it, you see Michigan take Minnesota down. You see. You know, every weekend it seems like there's a major upset somewhere. So you know, I think it's going to be really interesting as we come into tournament time. And the fact that maybe UND may not have home ice for the NCHC, I would not want to play those guys, to be perfectly honest. I agree. Because on the road, they might they, be better. They might be better. Because mm-hmm. they, they've got the scoring power. Just they're, they're just having a little tough time finding the net. So yeah. Um, they might be a team that you don't want to have to play in that first round. Well, St. Cloud and Denver each with 29 points, Omaha 27, Western Michigan 25, CC with 20, Duluth 16, North Dakota 15, Miami with 7. Well, I know, Dr. Phil, when I had when I had the team at the Travis Dunn Hockey Scoring Academy this past summer, uh, <laughs> They they well they left with nothing, uh, but but you know a they, they got a t-shirt. T-shirt. But you know the thing you know well, and you're absolutely right, Doctor Phil. St. Thomas just got what a forty five million dollar endowment, seventy five million, seventy five million dollars. So they're building which a new is half facility. of what I think the goal was to like a buck a one fifty. Yep. So they're going to build a new and facility. They just, um, and they just beat somebody, didn't they? Bowling Green or Miami or somebody? Yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 They've, they've got a few wins, so they're yeah they're going to be they're going to be up and coming as well. right. So when you start building these facilities, and that's what lures the recruits in. Arizona State has done yep. it now with their new rink. Uh, the the parity of the rinks has made it easier to recruit against the me- yep. the, the mecca sure. uh, of all hockey up in sure. Forks. Well, yeah. and and you heard your first maybe, but I think the Pac-12 is is heading towards some type of hockey affiliation. You know, Arizona State put the yeah. Um, put the salt in the soup, so to speak. And now all of a sudden I'm hearing UCLA has a club team and they are interested in trying to get going to, to start a Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And and I've always said that the West Coast is just a prime picking area for uh, the hockey conference because there's a, there's a great deal of hockey out there on the West Coast with the Western Hockey League and uh, and some of the AHL teams that all of a sudden, you know, that's going to enter into the mix, and boy, it's going to be good. I'm gonna. I know we're up against the clock. I'm going to broad brush one question. Broad brush. Broad brush. Stereotype. Vague. Broad brush. Broad. 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 Okay. If you are a young hockey player, soon to be, you know, playing in the juniors, you're going to decide your college. Being recruited by them all. Give me your one, two, three reasons why you choose that school. 
What do you think the broad brush is? Well, here? in K- Dr. Phil's case, he was smart enough to be a doctor, so he wants to have a really <laughs> right. so, high oh, academic part th- of it. I don't even think of the academic part of it. Yeah, I suppose, uh, okay, your top four. I think four. getting to the NHL would be there for yeah. a lot. Don't you? More so now than it was when I, I right. mean, that wasn't even something I thought about when I went to Is NBA. that the top three? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. facility well, in the top three? Sure it is. Is city sure in the top is. three? Is city fill in the top three? For Atmosphere, some? yeah. I mean, the experience. Not so much. Oh. I, I think, you know, that it gets to this point that, um, you know, a lot of the coaches just, just show them what they have. And, and if they feel comfortable with that particular atmosphere in that particular situation, then the kids will come. I don't think you have to sell them a lot anymore. I mean, here's what we have. Here's here's what we do for our kids. Here's what we do for our programs. We've got all the nutrition. We've got the facility. We've got the academic support. Um, you know, we've got everything. And, and it comes down to a point where that kid feels like, I feel comfortable here. This, this is where I want to go. Um, because I think, too, the transfer portal has kind of screwed that up a little bit. And all of a sudden, some kids are going, oh, I want to go there because of this. And then they get in there and didn't like it. And they go, oh, I'm out of here. But I think the bottom line is these kids, when I talk to them, they go, I want to go where I know I can play, where I'm comfortable. The coach kind of enters into it, too. You know, you want to play for this guy. Um, that's where Bob Mosco has a little bit of an edge, I think. He's just such a fun guy to be with. But, it, you know, it, it used to be in the old days, well, I want to go there because they all they all go to the NHL or something. Well, that, yeah, but everybody goes to the NHL now. I mean, the, the, the pool is, is thickened a little bit. But I think the bottom line is with a lot of these kids, they go where they feel comfortable and where they feel that they can play and maybe make an impact right away. Mm. Yeah, that's well stated. What makes them feel comfortable? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a break. Well, there, I opened up another broad of, brush. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, the current players on the team, you know, they may know some of those guys. I mean, they all know each other, let's yeah. face it. it they, it's really a loaded yeah. question, to tell you the truth. I, yeah. I think Phil nailed a lot of that. So, all right, I know we're like five minutes past the break time. Thank you. Doc, as always, <laughs> thanks for jumping on board. We'll save something for next time uh, right there. Thank all you, right. Doc. All right, good job. T-Don, nice job as I always this weekend, it. buddy. With a quick time out, we'll come back with more. It's a Roundtable Monday, Jack Michael Show on The Fan. Coming up tonight right here, 6 o'clock tip, 5.30 pregame. Remember when that snow knocked out and moved around a lot of summit action? One of those games was North Dakota and Western Illinois. In men's basketball, that will be played tonight in Macomb. Oh. Yeah, 6 o'clock the tip, 5.30 the pregame show. Paul will have the call on that one. And and got the Wolves and KFGO tonight. So that little home-and-home home with Houston. Were they able to pick off the Rockets? Now we'll see if they can get it done at Houston. That pre at 6.30 with a 7 o'clock uh, tip-off in the in the NBA game. And the Twins Winter Caravan, go to 740thefan.com or kfgo.com. For ticket information, just 10 bucks get you in. That's Wednesday night. Remember, there's only X amount of seats so that you can fill that sanctuary up. So get in there, get your tickets, and uh, meet the Minnesota Twins, Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon, Tommy Watkins, Dan Gladden, Chris Atterbury. Twins are in town Wednesday night. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next on 740 The Fan, KNFL.